Hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson, host of the MacGyver podcast and the Never Gets Old podcast. I'm here with my co-host, Nathan Schell, and I'm here to explain uh, what's coming for everybody. Uh, there is a new series coming for those who miss MacGyver and miss Stargate. Now you have an alternative. Uh, it's called MacGyver SG-1, and it's going to be an ongoing audio drama written produced, narrated by myself, uh, with art by Nate and a few others, and yeah, what am I forgetting to talk about, Nate? Well, I was going to say, you pretty much hit everything that I would have uh, immediately suggested you hit by, you know, crediting your artists and music your by... role, your particular roles, and oh yeah, the, art, uh, the music, who's doing your music? Uh, let me make sure I'm mentioning Brozowski, I believe is how you say his last name. It's Brian Brozowski. Uh, he is a friend of mine who is a teacher in New York and is constantly writing instrumental stuff. Whereas I am primarily a singer-songwriter, he is like a instrumentalist extraordinaire. So he's on board. Uh, as, as you're listening to this now, you'll hear some of the samples that you can expect uh, he is capturing both the tone of a MacGyver adventure and a Stargate SG-1 adventure. Now, what's this series about? I bet you're wondering. Oh, that's a good question. What What is your idea trapped in your head that you're... Thank God you're here. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> based on many of the fine fanfic that I've read over the years... A lot of people have written stories where Jack O'Neill might be MacGyver in hiding. Uh, I toyed with that idea, but it, there's a couple little hiccups on my side that I eh, have to shoehorn past in order to make it work. And I also found that if I do that, I limit a lot of the stories that I can tell. For example, if Jack O'Neill is MacGyver in hiding who is he now because if he's MacGyver yeah. you don't need Sam you don't need Daniel you don't need anybody because you have MacGyver right uh, if he's Jack then you never get to see the MacGyver side of him the creativity come out because it, he more or less had to force force himself out of that mindset exactly exactly so you know <clears throat> more it, it was more about the timeline really about the years of Jack having a son didn't quite line up with MacGyver, the end of uh, MacGyver's story. Right. So <clears throat> I decided that this was going to be a story that takes place after, immediately after the fifth race episode of Stargate SG-1 when Jack meets the Asgard. Uh, That's a good, good way to, or a good place to said it yeah and basically one of the things that the asgard told him was that he was one of two which kind of made him confused it wasn't in the episode but we didn't see their whole conversation right. uh it turns out he finds out that he's a twin that he didn't even know about uh we don't really know a lot about jack's family his parents uh no if i recall correctly the only part of his family we have readily available information are his ex-wife and his deceased son. Right. Well, Richard Dean Anderson, in one of the companion books, 
wrote up a brief history of what he, he feels Jack O'Neill's past was. And he talks about his parents ever so slightly. Uh, so it leaves a nice leeway to him being adopted and not knowing it. Uh, the specifics will be explained as we go. But the beautiful thing about this is they find out, you get to see them both find out that MacGyver is Jack O'Neill's brother that they never knew about. Uh, and seeing them together, uh, getting to see how they're similar and getting to get past how they might be a little different in certain aspects. Uh, but ultimately, it's it's going to be make for some great adventures. You're going to get to watch MacGyver, or hear MacGyver interact with the whole SG team. Uh, and even though it starts after that fifth race episode, we are going to hop around in time. We're going to do story arcs. But this has no ending. There doesn't have to be an ending. This can keep going. If people are enjoying it, uh, I feel... I understand the characters well enough that I can respectfully write this. Uh, I've been writing for years, and now this is a way for everybody, hopefully, to enjoy it. Uh, I think I have the voice of the characters. I know what would work and what wouldn't work. So I want everybody to get the feeling that you are on a MacGyver adventure when I'm writing MacGyver. Uh, an SG-1 adventure when I'm writing them, and that feeling of, wow, worlds colliding in a spectacular way when they're well, together. Reading the reading the little bits that you've allowed me to read due to, you know, wanting to try to get an unobjective opinion on it, I think you've definitely got got your hands on something here that could do very well, I think. Thank you. It's, well, I mean... It, I'm a little biased. I'm a huge fan of <laughs> SG-1 and, and uh, MacGyver, so, you know, of course. But for people that enjoy audio books and audio dramas, I think it'll help bridge the gap to introduce these characters to people that might not necessarily have had the opportunity to enjoy them yet. Exactly. And it might end up bridging the gap like, oh, wow. I'd love to watch SG-1. Oh, wait, there's 10 seasons. Oh, this is fantastic. I love binging TV shows. MacGyver's seven seasons and two. Fantastic. You know, it's it's a way of helping bridge multiple genres together, I think. And I think that'll exactly. be really nice. Not only just for, you know, obviously your, you know, your listeners and yourself, because it'll give you more of an outlet for getting the story out there, but it'll help expand the fandom exactly the love for these characters and, and that's the thing too because i know i'm not playing to an empty chair i know we have just on the macgyver podcast alone we've heard from everybody everybody's passionate about macgyver absolutely uh, and many people that we have heard from most are not enjoying this 2016 remake and want something more in line with the richard dean anderson as we call the true Absolutely. MacGyver. So this yeah. is the alternative <laughs> that people have been waiting for. Also, and, and Stargate SG-1. Yeah, we want more of those adventures. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, well, fortunately and unfortunately, 
Uh, Dean Devlin's not going to get the chance to do what he had originally wanted to do, which is kind of a mixed blessing for us fans who loved the SG-1 series and Atlantis and uh, Universe. But it also means there's really no chance of that getting continued either. We never, you never know. I mean, well, we live in a world where shows get revived 20 years later. And thought, yeah. True. So I should say there's no sign of it happening in the near future. Exactly. Now, a few years down the line, maybe, who knows? But I mean, heck, for, for all we know, you or I could win the lottery and make millions of dollars and be like, hey, you know what? I want to do a fan series. Exactly. Live action, you know, or what have you. But. We'd help need our heads examined, but, you know, we'd have fun with it. <laughs> but this, you know, there are little threads out there of Stargate SG-1 that fans want to know about or wanted to hear more about. And so with this series, one of my goals is to answer a lot of those. Uh, and also, like I said, the fun dynamic between all of these characters that you can only dream about. And I have dreamed about these interactions with these characters, literally. So now I get to write it and it's an ongoing series. And I want to hear from you. I want to hear from everybody out there, what you think, uh, what you, what you want to hear, you know, give me some ideas. I'm not opposed to, um, if it works story wise, I'm not opposed to bringing in other characters from, say, other um, series that we thought, well, yeah, that'd be great if they met Gil Grissom from CSI. Like, if it works and it feels natural, I'm not going to shoehorn anything in for my own pleasure. But I know that there are certain dynamics right. that are at play that could be fantastic. Maybe they love yeah, each no, other. Or... Maybe they bicker, you know. Yeah, I remember there was, um, I forget, I think it was on the MacGyver podcast, you and I had kind of bantered of, some other crossovers that exactly would be interesting. So this this could be a way to, you know, crack that door open. Yes, and the moment that I uh, get all the pieces, I'm all ready to record. I've written the first chapter. I have eight chapters outlined, and they're going to be story arcs that might be present day, might be back to that third season episode, and anything in between. We have so many adventures that we can tell, and I want everybody on board with this. And artwork, uh, if, if you go to our Facebook page, you can go to the MacGyver podcast, the Never Gets Old podcast, or the new MacGyver SG-1 audio series Facebook page. Uh, you will see the artwork that I've done, Nate's done, our friend Jared Brown has done some, um... Our friend, our friend of the podcast, um, has also done some. Uh, feel free, everybody. This is a community event. I want people to chime in. I want to see your art. I want to hear your thoughts, and we are in for something fantastic. So I want everybody to get ready. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Well, all right. Stay tuned. Do us a favor, give us some likes already, because this is the first one. This is our teaser. This is going to get you guys all pumped up for this. Uh, go on to iTunes and give us five stars. Write a review even based on this. Did, did we tell you enough? Do you want to hear more? And spread the word. You know, subscribe to us, too. That that would help a great deal, because it gets it gets the word out there and we want everybody out there who enjoys a good audio series 
to know about this and enjoy it. All right? So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Never Gets Old podcast, the podcast of all we love in TV, movies, music, and comics, with your hosts, Mac Jackson and Nathan Shell. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Facebook, and YouTube. Donations at paypal.com at macwjackson at comcast.net. And welcome to the latest episode of the Never Gets Old podcast. I'm your host, Matt Jackson. And I'm Nathan Shell. And we're going to get right into it. Uh, this past Friday was the fourth season premiere of Sleepy Hollow. Big changes. Oh, God, yeah. I And I'll be honest. Uh, with Jess and I, we'd kind of lost track of the show for whatever reason. Well, I can the, tell you why. Like, it hasn't been on in forever. You know, that was yeah, part of it. That was definitely a huge part of it. But uh, I looked at our cue as to where we'd left off with the episodes, and unfortunately, I missed the last four. Well, we missed the last four episodes, and I think my wife, for the time being, has oh, yeah, taken you us said that back. She, yeah. she, may, she may come back to it, but uh, I fully intend to go back and watch those four episodes. I watched it, and even... Having not watched those four episodes, I was able to get right into the episode. Right, and it was fan freaking tastic. Now, yeah, something about it uh, that I kind of was a little amused by the parallels between this episode and the first episode. Right, but yeah. major difference. Ichabod yeah. is in charge. Ichabod is not the confused. I don't know where I am. He's yeah. the one who walks into the room now and goes, okay, you're the confused one. I know what I'm talking about. You can yep. feel that shift. It, yeah, it's the – he's become more of a mentor than, you know, the, the bumbling – Out of not place. Not fool, but, No, out of place. It, he's – yeah. Yeah. Uh, and yet still has that Tom Meissen charm. Yes. See, it's Absolutely. it's what I had said when, okay, Abby's going to be gone. And I saw a lot of posts online. I don't know if I can watch it without Abby. I don't know. Really? Because as great as she was, you could have recast her with somebody else and you still would have gotten the same character. You recast Tom Meissen with somebody else, you're not getting that Ichabod Crane. No, it would not have that same feel. He is the linchpin to the whole. And it's proved our point with this episode. He... Um, for those who don't know, at the end of the third season, uh, Abby was killed for the second time. Uh, which we this can time it looked a little bit successful, though. It stuck. Um, <laughs> and uh, Ichabod is at her grave, and a car pulls up, and they hand him an envelope that was from George Washington that basically says... 
George Washington has decreed that you are in charge of the supernatural division of the government. Wow. Yeah. Okay, and they put him in a car, and he drives away, and that was the end of the third season. And now it starts off with him. He's been, what, there for two weeks? Two weeks. Two yeah, weeks. He's... These people have had him somewhere, and they're just yeah. questioning him and you know, over and over and over again. Questioning him, questioning, you know, him about this, that, and everything. And the fact that he is consistent with them with everything that he's telling them, and they still just relentlessly hound him for trying to get him to crack, I got the impression. Exactly. And then, so he, <laughs> he escapes, which was great, the way he did that. You know, your, your shoe's untied. Yeah, well, I like the fact that he had to repeat himself because he's like, right, sorry, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying this correctly. The buckles on your on your boots are undone or something like that. Yeah. Very, it reminded me very much of Tilk. Yeah. Untamed equine, you know, that whole yep. thing. Um, it was great. And then he gets out of there, and they made this new partner. Pr she proved herself, I thought, right away. Like, the fact that yeah. she's not an idiot. She wasn't, I'm so sassy and, ooh, I'm, you know. Yeah, she's, she comes off more of the, of the type, of the archetype of, you know, I'm a strong, I'm a strong independent character, but I'm not fully invested in this concept of the supernatural. Right. I think it's a, it's a malarkey, but you clearly seem to have some kind of, tune in with something so I'll at least give you some kind of credibility. Well, and the fact that like she uh, tracked him down, that impressed him. He's like, uh, well, oh, yeah, okay, that so you're, you're not someone that I can just go, okay, I'm done with you and walk away. There might be, you might be worth hanging on to. You could see him go, hmm, okay. And yeah. it was great to watch. They, I thought they introduced all the new characters well. And Jenny had a great entrance. Oh, yeah. I, I was wondering if they were going to bring her back this episode. Because the preview that you tagged me in, I noticed she was in it, but it was okay. Is that going to be the first episode, or is that going to be a couple episodes down the line? And I'm glad that they and didn't I like... have her in the first scene right away. Yeah. It was him talking to her on the cell phone or leaving her a message. Because she's out and about doing her thing. Yeah. And then she shows up and... Boom. And boy, you felt that whole, you know, their brother and sister, like that sort of thing. When, yeah, you definitely, with each other. you definitely see their, where their bond is cemented. Right. And just the whole episode, it felt like it felt the right amount of old and the right amount of new. Like yeah, it, had, it had a great new energy to it, but didn't lose any of the pizzazz. Like he's still... The guy who, you know, knows... Oh, what about the fact that he knows stuff, but he's not telling them, oh, yeah, by the way, I've, I've been around a long time. I, I woke yeah. up three years ago. Here, let me tell you my story. Well, he's, yeah, I like, the, I like that he's like... Or, I forget how he... It was about the Benjamin Franklin. He's like looking at the book, and he's like, oh, there's Ben Franklin's code in here. I remember that as an apprentice... Or, I mean... Um, 
I've read, I about read, his apprentice, read about his apprentice. Read about his apprentice. He's like he's still looking at it, just like making sure his info is right, and then like just puts the book back on the shelf. I love that. That's great. <laughs> and um, the remark about uh, Thomas Jefferson at the end. Uh, remind me about uh, fascinated being fascinated by dreams of the future. Right. Right. He quoted him too, and it was a yeah, good quote. He, he, he attributed it to him as a quote. But uh, one thing that I did find rather amusing was uh, when they're out finding the the demonized booth, uh, the guys dressed as Hamilton characters. Yes, wasn't that fantastic? Just, just, that, just that little banter, because you could totally see Ichabod doing that. Yes. You could totally see him doing Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I, mean, I beg your pardon. To, it goes back to the remark he made about, you know, Paul Revere... Uh, quote being misquoted. It's not the redcoats are coming. It's the regular. <laughs> the regular. <laughs> it just totally worked within the character, and they stayed true to that. And I love that. You see, because we were all British, so that would be most unhelpful. <laughs> Cindy and I yeah. quote that scene all the time because it is so. If you had to to send that to people, just to give you an idea of who Ichabod Crane is, that's the clip right there. Yeah. You know, I am outraged at your stupidity and how wrong history is getting. You know, you certainly wouldn't go to this guy to be your dentist. You know, he was appalling. Yeah. Like, it's great. I love it. And and you're right. With the whole Hamilton, first of all, it was timely because of how popular that freaking musical is. Yeah. And people are prancing around wearing that type of stuff. And they have those little obnoxious twits turn to the actual guy from that time and say, man, you're so outdated. You, you, you're not doing this right at all. Oh, that's great. I love that. Yeah. I, I just, and I didn't hate, and here's the thing. I was waiting to have a problem with some of those, um, the two bookworms that are, that he, you know, are going to be his lab guys, essentially. Mm-hmm. I thought, okay, so we're going to get the, the sassy guy who's going to be all, mm-mm-mm, and the girl who's going to be too butch. But no, they. I thought they they were well handled. Yeah, it was one of those. I wasn't sure what to get or what to kind of gauge off of them. That immediate, that immediate uh, scene. But I liked the banter between them, with you know the new uh, the new partner mm-hmm, in Ichabod, because mm-hmm. he's like, oh yeah, we use these when we want to sneak out without security seeing us. Why do you have? And she like quickly retorts, "What do you mean? Why? Do you, what? What reason do you have to be avoiding security?" And it just, it was such kind of like a natural dialogue. Right. It didn't seem forced. It, it kind of felt right for, okay, she's a agent with the Homeland Security. Obviously, that would be something that would be immediate reaction to a line just thrown out like that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and the fact that the, the one guy's a fan of his. Oh, you're Captain Brownbeard. Yeah. What? Oh, that's that's what we call you, because look, you're in all these papers, these pictures, and like, holy crap, that's so yeah. cool. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the fact that the first room that they're in doesn't look all that impressive, and then they go back into yeah. and and if you notice, I was looking at it, it's very much like the archive room in Sleepy Hollow. Very similar because you people were ticked that they were losing that, you know, uh. Y- y- I was like, well, you're going to lose that building. He Last season, he fought to keep it from getting demolished. 
Now he's going to Washington, D.C. Oh, look, you got a bigger version of that room. Okay. And I like that they showed it. It's where they, again, were collecting stuff. Yes, yes. And then, you know what? There's nothing to say that he can't scoop up or have somebody scoop up all the books from Sleepy Hollow and bring them there. And it wouldn't surprise me if that ends up happening at some point. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, Jenny show. You know, Jenny shows up with a U-Haul and all the. Because <laughs> <laughs> let's face it, you could see her doing that. You, you know, Cindy and I love to play the games of okay, what do you think is going to happen when when they were saying okay, well, the next season is going to be in Washington. Well, if they threw him in the back of a car, we thought they're going to take him to the president first of all, so it's going to pick right up with him showing up to the White House to meet the president and be debriefed. And we were, you know, playing that idea because these guys who picked him up in the car we thought were legitimate. And we thought, what if they try and make him wear a suit, like like with a tie, like a typical modern-day suit because you you are meeting the president. I would love to see that scene of him fighting that, and maybe even letting it happen just to meet him and go, okay, hello, <clears throat> all right, and then like be fussy in the suit and the tie and constantly touching it and somebody going, stop it. And then you know, like, and then the moment that he can't goes, can I? Now that I've met you, can, can I get out of this? I don't, you know, this is not my garb. Yeah, and that type of. I we just played that whole thing. Yeah, I could. That that would have been an interesting. Interesting sequence to see if they would have done something like that. And who's saying they they may not do that at some point? Yeah. And I really think the people who are jumping ship because Abby's not on anymore. First of all, we know why Abby's not on. Yeah. She left. Nobody told her to leave. She didn't want to be on the show from, what, like the second episode or whatever. Fine. Moving on. As long as you have Ichabod, you're fine, as we can tell. Yeah, clearly, you know, the show can survive without, uh, I can't think of the actress's name. That's how, how I hate to say it, somewhat who, forgettable. Abby? Yeah, who was Abby again? Nicole? Mahari. Mahari, okay. Yeah. I knew it was Nicole, but I couldn't remember the last name. Oh, by the way, uh, Tom Meissen may be listening to this podcast because he knows about us. And it, Tom, if you haven't listened to... Three episodes back, I don't know, two or three episodes maybe around there. Go back. We're all talking about you there too. Yeah, but um, because we're both fans of of him. I mean, the fact that I think you'd mentioned it in an interview, he had said he doesn't change the dialogue because he has up the utmost faith in the writers. But the little nuances of him fiddling with something or what have you—that's all him, and that's brilliant. Well, let's also remember, Lieutenant was because of him. Yeah, and that is an Ichabodism. Yeah, absolutely, because that's how they pronounce Lieutenant. I you know. love that. And you know what? They did that on Elementary. The last hmm. episode, not this past week, but the week before, Sherlock says to the cop, Lieutenant, and the cop goes, Why, what are you saying? I'm sorry, you prefer Lieutenant. And i just like, oh, I see what you guys are doing there. You stole that from Ichabod. Okay. Cute little tribute you got going there. It'd be nice if you had mentioned that, but okay, I'll take it. Um, So, yeah. I love, 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 love. Every week after the episode, somebody on the Sleepy Hollow Facebook page says, all right, if you're going to rate it, how would you rate this, 1 to 10? Well, I always say 10. 
because they I love the show and yeah. this was a crucial episode. Couple um, thoughts. As excellent as this episode is, I have no complaint whatsoever. I'm happy to say. Uh, I do have a problem with the way Fox continues to mishandle this show. Fox waited until January to premiere the new season. Not in the fall. They did that with a lot of shows. Right. They don't advertise for Sleepy Hollow nearly enough. They don't have Tom Meissen doing talk shows, uh, doing late night things. What you know, the typical rigmarole that they all have to go. Yeah, you through. think they'd have they'd have them doing something? I mean, right? I mean, he's they had major they had a major casting change, and he's charming. As, I mean, right from the beginning, they never did this. He's yeah. charming as can be, and you know, I love to watch any interview with him. Hint, come on our podcast. But the, you will you go on about your oh we will have back so much the fun. story and all of it we yeah. want we want to hear these stories exactly so but they they're not utilizing him enough and they're not advertising enough at key moments and then they do stupid things like let's we're gonna have it start in January oh and when I went on Friday night or Friday during the day I always go every day to see what's new on TV tonight. And I go down to the TV Guide channel. And it lists anything that's a new episode from 8 o'clock on. Maybe even 7 o'clock if it matters. They didn't have Sleepy Hollow listed. They had that god-awful MacGyver 2016 listed. But they didn't have Sleepy Hollow at 9 o'clock on Fox listed. So, pardon me. Yeah, and I hate to say it. The only reason I knew about it was because... I got a text message from somebody <coughs> letting me know that it was on, and I made note of it so that I could watch it over the weekend because we we end up watching stuff through Hulu. So right, right. Um, so I went on Twitter and very promptly said to the TV Guide people, "You people need to pay attention. Somebody's not doing their job." At Sleepy Hollow is not listed under your new episodes. You might want to tell people. Like, holy crap. You know, and then these are the same network people that go, I don't know, the ratings aren't doing so well. Because you don't tell people when it's on. No, and that's and that's a major problem. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, especially since there's so much crap being made that when a great show comes along, it needs to get people's attention. Absolutely. And at a crucial I mean, moment like this, with this whole change. Company, boo-boos and runway model, and whatever. You know, we don't, we don't need filled with such crap. I'm sure there are people that are entertained by it, but, but they are if, that's, if that's your bar for entertainment, you need... You need to broaden your horizons. Absolutely. I mean, holy crap. I mean, to, to borrow a phrase from my father-in-law, because he and I had a conversation about, you know, things that we were entertained by. You know, you can tell the downfall of a culture by what it deems as entertainment. Yes. Rome, when it started to fully tr- start to crumble, it's when they were being entertained by the honey boo-boos, the Kardashians, and that minutiae of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and that that 
that's terrifying. Right. Right. Uh, how do you like the the villain? I'm intrigued by him. Yeah, I, I like him. It, well, it was funny when I when he first showed up. I thought, or when I first saw him in that trailer, because he was just quick blinking. You miss him almost in that trailer. I'm like, oh, I, I wonder if that's the guy from Helix, because that was a on uh, sci-fi that I I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, wait a minute, no, it doesn't quite look like him. Here, it's the guy who played um, Faraday on Lost. That's right. And I'm like, all right, I'm I'm intrigued. I want to see what this guy does. And I I like him as a villain. Yeah, because he's I'm not, not quite over sure the top. Cal- yeah, I'm not sure is the caliber of villain he is right now because it, yeah, as you said, he's a little over the top. No, but- no, he's not over the top. Oh, right. he's not over the top. Right. Sorry. Well, we got to remember we had Pandora last season, and yeah. Pandora was very like this all the time, and everything is grandiose, and oh, and it's very hard to sympathize or care about a villain who you can't connect with. And when somebody acts like this through every episode, and I'm not blaming the actress, it's the character that it is, uh, I don't care. Get to the bad guys. Send out your minions, because those are the ones. I want to see the zombies. I want to see the monsters. I don't care about you trying to bring your true love back through a rose bush, you know. But this guy is, they, he explained him as like a little Lex Luthor-ish, a little Dexter-ish, a little Trump-ish. Unfortunately, good bad guy. Um, he, uh, if they play him right and they don't put him front and center, he can go a long way. He doesn't need to be the villain of the season. He can last a good long time. Yeah, he. And I mean, almost realistically, if, if they do it right, he could be the consistent villain throughout. Exactly. Who maybe in the end ends up being the big bad sure like sure. like the evolution of his character becomes the big he's, bad he's the and that would he, be an interesting thing to see he's the broker right now he's the guy who goes yeah. okay what's crane doing oh he's fascinated okay send a zombie at him let's see what happens like one of those like okay that's cool yeah i like that that's the yeah. it's a cool yeah. modern angle and it doesn't make him go ha, ha, ha. the one thing though cindy and i both agreed we wanted to comb his hair because it starts off with him doing that chant, and then he takes the helmet off or the hood off. It's the hood. Takes yeah. the hood off, and his hair is sticking up in bunches. And it looks like he had a pillow fight and lost, which is fine because it's it's keep going. His hair shouldn't be perfect, especially if he's been chanting with the hood on. Yeah. And all he did was take the hood off and walk into a different room and talk. Good, very good, very yeah. consistent. But Cindy and I, it's just a funny thing. We're like, oh, God, you're so hard to look at. Come here. You don't feel that? How do you not feel that? Run your hand through your hair at least a little. Yeah. Um, I, I'm i so thrilled, though. Yeah, I, I'm excited to see where they're going to go with the rest of the season. It'll be, hopefully, Fox doesn't, you know, pull a boneheaded move and get rid of it. Right. Right. And that's the thing. It's so good. It's a series that can go on technically forever, uh, but at least have the the ability well, and power. At to least go seven out. years. At least seven years, yeah, and go out when you want to go out, as opposed to being told, "Yeah, we don't want you back now. Close the door behind you." Yeah, and Fox can 
do a lot more with their advertising for that show. They if they invested a little bit more into their uh, advertising for it. I mean, they pour buckets of money at shows like Empire, and I think a new show coming out called Star. Okay. Which I've heard people who watch them. They say it's enjoyable, but if you know you're not fans of you know the music industry or this or that, it might fall flat for you. I'm like, okay, I can I can respect the fact that you gave me the heads up of what its content is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm glad they're doing well. It's not the trash TV that other stuff ends up being. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, let's see what else. Um, I mean, I could go on about that for the rest of the night, but we have so many movies and TV shows to catch up on. Have you seen any new Sherlock's? I have seen both of the two Sherlock, both of the Sherlock episodes that have aired. Are they fantastic? Since, you know, since we got to the mid season break or the mid season episode. <laughs> what is up with that? You get three episodes every six years? Come on! Well, initially initially it was three episodes every year, but as Martin Freeman and uh, Benedict Cumberbatch were getting work, it's, okay, do we let the series die, or do we just try to work around their schedule? While both of them have said adamantly, oh, no, 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 we enjoy the series, we enjoy working on it, you know, we'll we'll work with you as long as you're willing to work with us on our schedules and timing and stuff. And I jokingly said to, to Jess, I said, Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch should just take one year off of filming anything and just record, and just, just film a crap ton of episodes agree. of Super, uh, uh, Sherlock. Sherlock. I agree. That would be a smart thing to do, and that way we have episodes to last us a while they can make their movies oh yeah absolutely oh yeah i mean and they could still maybe take the year off in between each season that way they can kind of like stretch them out a little bit but but yeah i mean the first episode was phenomenal i enjoyed it i know it was hard for some people to watch oh, because of the subject matter towards the end great but being a fan of the the source material you kind of could have seen that. Oh, coming. I knew it was coming from the moment that he met her. Yeah. You know, spoilers for anybody who doesn't know that already. We spoil everything, so, you know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, that second episode, holy crap. I mean, I was like, now, I have an honest, honest-to-God question for okay. you. When, when she's, you know, taking, you know, taking her glasses off and all that stuff, did you, for a split second, expect the voice to change? Yes. A very familiar tone. Well, obviously, because he finds the note that says "Miss me," so yeah. I'm like, "Wait a minute, is he?" Is, well, no way. Jess, Jess pointed something out to me that you know this has kind of been her not her and my uh, collective fan theory. What if James Moriarty, as we know him, is not the James Mori or is not the true Moriarty? What if? I can't think of the damn character name now. Um, the character that was revealed at the end of the second episode. What if she David is really Ulysses what? or something? I can't. It was it's a not, weird name. It, it's a name that translates to the East Wind, right? What if she is truly the mastermind, the Moriarty, as you will, and the person being Moriarty? was actually truly the actor that he claimed to be 
in that uh, in the Reichenbach Falls. Yeah, I wouldn't want that. I like Moriarty. I'm waiting for him to still come back. That's the thing. Like yeah, the, the fact that... that it says "miss me," I'm like, all right. So he must be in cahoots with her, or she's been playing this planning list the entire time. In which case, well, wait a minute. I mean, it's a, it was very info dump heavy. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but it was okay. Wait a minute. So now there's a third brother. Yeah. That they didn't know about, and well, it's not necessarily a third brother. Well, no, we found that out, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, we found that out. But they were saying brother. They, they always well. Some people have said brother, like uh, Watson had said brother, assuming it was a brother. Sure. But anytime you've heard reference between Mycroft, it's you know what happened to the other one. Never gave a gender, right? Which was intelligent on his part. Yeah. Of course, he's also one of the writers too, so he probably did it on purpose to give him an out, but. I mean, it was so, so well done. And really, I mean, you know, I'll tell you this. When people try and compare, and we've said this before, Elementary and Sherlock, you can't because they are apples and oranges. Yeah. Sherlock I mean, is very condensed, very literal to the book, whereas Elementary is a television show of 20-some episodes where you get little splashes of that, but you don't get yeah. the intensity of only three it's, episodes of Sherlock. The best way I, I could see that describe remark it. on sure. it would be you've got elementary, which is the weekly episodes, but Sherlock is more your cinematic quality. Right. And I mean, in essence, it really is three movies because they're about an hour and a half. Absolutely. So. Yeah, you're right. And they do. They do it very, like I said, it's condensed like a movie. Like, we don't have a lot yeah. of time to do this, so boom, 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 boom. Yeah, and I I am I am chomping at the bit, eager and fearful for next week's episode because it's the, okay, now how long do I have to wait? That's exactly <laughs> it. Like, I love this, I love this, I, I can't wait, I can't wait, I can't wait. Oh, wait, it's over? Now i got to, oh, son of a bitch. However, they are so chock full of great moments that I can watch them over and over and over again. Oh, absolutely. But the green side already, of me I've goes... I've already started plotting out rewatching them post season four finale. Oh yeah. But the, like, like, uh, what about, <laughs> the, you know, they're good about pulling at your heartstrings too. And I don't mean about yeah. her getting shot and killed, which was yeah. a great moment because she saved Sherlock. Yeah. It was the it was that one moment of even I think he was surprised right that happened right and then uh, uh, it, the thing where he gets up because John's crying and you see the tears I don't know how Mark, Martin Freeman did that but I mean hard tears well, coming out of part, the eyes part of what I think it is the actress playing his wife is actually his wife so he is probably, it really yeah get out of here. I never knew that. Yeah, from my hand to God's ears. That's it's one of those weird things. It's like, huh? And it was funny. Like I jokingly had said, I wonder how she got the job, and Jess is like, that's his wife. I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Well, the fact but, when Sherlock, you know, because because they they have him be so cold, but yet they do let him laugh. 
On elementary, he doesn't laugh, he doesn't smile, he doesn't have a good time. He's a son of a bee who you would punch in the face all the time. Sherlock on Sherlock laughs with you, he smiles, he can be affectionate. Uh, and I love the conversation of, did I just hear, are you texting Irene Adler? Oh my, yeah. I love that. And he goes, no, it's like, no, she texts me, I don't text back. Well, you should! Yeah, and the fact that he, I mean, that was, if you didn't watch that scene and just get it, completely, truly get it, mm-hmm. you weren't watching the same program. And then when he starts crying and Sherlock gets up, walks over and hugs him and puts his head Beautiful on. moment. I was crying. I'm like, Absolutely got, beautiful like, moment. you got me, you son of a bitch. You know, uh, the wife dying, all right, sad, but it didn't make me cry. It was more like, okay, I I know the stories, so I know this was going to come yeah. eventually. I mean, but your heart still went, went sure, out to absolutely. the character. Like when he you know, wails, when Watson wails, yeah. like that. I'm like, yep, that's that's right. That's accurate. That's the right thing. Um, But to watch Sherlock. When you watch any character grow as a person, mm-hmm. Cindy and I always say we stop watching Monk because Monk, instead of growing as a person, would take two steps forward and five steps back because the writers thought, we can't ever have him get better. Well, then we have no interest in watching the show. If, and they made Monk worse. They made him an a-hole. Yeah. He, he wasn't I mean, like the guy with the problem. He, he became an antagonistic selfish a-hole and we're like we hate this guy now yeah even house for crying out loud exactly ended house, up growing yeah. it i mean he basically threw away his entire life for his best friend exactly that was the, the most selfish self-centered son of a yep a-hole person yep. threw it all away just so his friend wouldn't die alone isn't that wonderful? that 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 speaks volumes of character growth. So with any of these characters that, you know, if you're going to start somebody off as an a-hole, you better get, show them gradually get better. Otherwise, there's no payoff for the audience and you're going to lose them. And it's also a sucky thing to do to your audience. Yeah. You know? Um, so, yeah, I just, I love, I, he did, <laughs> he had some Batman moments too where, and I saw this coming, where she's on the run. And she's like, I'm random. I'm, I'm just picking things. I, there's no pattern to what I'm doing. I'm going to here. I'm going to New York. I'm going to Morocco. And yeah, and I love that they showed like the the extents she was willing to go to try to protect. They took some time on that, which yeah. I, I appreciated because it really it made... It wasn't just, oh, we're here and now we're over here. Right. Yeah. It showed, yeah, riding a motorcycle, changing her hair color, getting a haircut. Then she walks into the one room in Morocco, and he's sitting there talking to the guy that I guess she's supposed to meet with. And he just—he doesn't even look up. He just goes, "Oh, hi, Mary." And I'm like, "Oh, that is such a Batman moment. You yep, can try absolutely. everything you want. I'm still gonna find you." Yep. But you know, Batman probably would have figured it out the way that Sherlock led her to believe in the beginning. And he goes, "Oh no, I just put a tracker in your." Like, oh, you son of a bitch. But that's fun. That's Sherlock laughing. He's taking a moment to laugh with you. You need that. You need to like this guy. You know? Absolutely. And I'll tell you another thing that that Sherlock is really good at. And they do it pretty much every episode. They have him... Well, they have the episode at an ending point where he catches the bad guy. 
mm-hmm. a lot of shows would be done. There. Maybe we'll do a quick tag at the end to show them all laughing and freeze frame and get them out of there. No, no, no. They catch the guy, the bad guy, and have 15 minutes to play with. Yep. And they don't just do one scene. They do multiple scenes. Like they do Mycroft getting the phone number from his boss. Which, I'm sorry, that was the... That was probably the most priceless sequence I've ever seen, just because you've got Mycroft, who is very stuffy and he doesn't yeah, need why, anybody. Why do I need your number? And, and then you have him that realization of, wait a minute. And, like, you can see him putting it together in his head like a ch- like a teenager who just got his crush's number. Exactly. You know? Yeah. It's like, wait a minute. Oh, my God. You know, perfect. <laughs> and, and, it, and it makes him, it gives him a new level. Yeah, and it, it adds adds depth to that character. He's no longer just the stuffy brother of Sherlock. He's And you know how they love each other. I love yeah. that, too. Mycroft loves Sherlock. He's looking out for him all the time. He may bust his chops when they're in the room together, but he's surveilling him to see what he's doing. Yep. You know, I, what about Sherlock walking in a particular pattern? That was, that was <laughs> funny, because I'm like, wait a minute. Is he... <gasps> Yeah, that was great. Um, the Mrs. Hudson wasn't she great? She is. She's. That was an important episode a for her. Yeah, this, she's a character that very easily could just be relegated to a one note. You know, the the help. Yep. But they've shown so much depth for that character. Well, and the fact that you think that it's Sherlock driving at first in the beginning. Oh God, that was perfect. Right. I howled when she flips open that trunk and he's got this <laughs> half-terrified look on his face like, did you just do that? You know, I was supposed to be in the shotgun seat, not in the trunk, you know. Yeah. Uh, just, I, I love it. Perfect. Um, oh, what else? What else? What else? No, I, 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 I just, it's such I, an excellent show. It, even though we I only get three. I enjoyed them showing the effects of all the drugs that Sherlock was on. So you even as the viewer it's like, okay, wait a minute. And what are is what I'm watching what I'm actually supposed to be seeing right. or is it this other thing that's happening? So I mean that well, what, that was fun. And the that fact was fun. That he, he, he was he was willing to drug himself up to the point of what do you say, kidney failure and dual kidney failure and uh something with the liver, I think. Yeah. For for John. Yeah, well, the fact that... And they did this purposely out of context at the tail end of the episode prior where Mary gives him that disc and she even says, figured that it would get your attention. Right. Like, remarking on the fact that she knows she just trolled him even from the grave. Trolled him, yeah, exactly. And then it, go, you know, it tells her or tells him to save John. Mm-hmm. And then it goes to credits and if you stayed through the credits... You hear her, it pops up to the screen again, and you get a snippet where she says, go to hell. Mikey, by the way, caught that last night and says, I, mean, I thought she liked him. Why would she say, tell him to do that? Yeah. I said, I think there's more to it. Yeah, and that's exactly what I said to Jess, because Jess and I were like, wait a minute, that's weird. That There's got to be more more to that. Oh, it'll probably be in the next episode, thinking that's how they'll start it. Nope, no. they didn't. But uh. we got the rest of that that viewing and that was just that was perfect they are great about the pacing of that the layout Absolutely. of it like you don't get the payoff right away and you don't get it at the very end either 
you get a little bit here, you get a little bit there. Yeah, that's why I'm really excited for this next episode because I've only seen two two quick scenes that are in next week's episode. Their trailer at the end of the, the most recent episode was very, very, very short. Right, right. Well, and, and the guy who plays the bad guy in this second episode, he is a great bad guy. He's a phenomenal actor. Right? He's, he's been in a lot of different uh, BBC productions. And well, he, he was in Captain America. He was in Captain America's... Uh, uh, the, Zoloff? Zoloff, yeah. Uh, and he was also in that, that show that now I... Uh, uh, Wayward Pines. Okay. He was I know he was Pines. in an episode of Doctor Who as well. Great Doctor Who episode. Scary as can be. At, in that, like, whenever he plays a bad guy, you just go, "Oh, I want to rip your head off! I hate you!" It's the J.R. Ewing love to hate him type of thing. Like, if I met him, I'd hug him. But to oh, watch God, his yeah. watch his character, I'm like, "You you play scumbag so well," which probably means he's he's like a big teddy bear or something. In oh, real life. sure, sure. And and you know he must be because he keeps getting work. You know what I mean? Like, if he were yeah, a dirt ball, slow. he wouldn't be getting these parts. Um. So yeah, as soon as I saw him on there, I'm like, oh man! And then when he's laughing at Sherlock, oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh no, 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 don't, don't, don't laugh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I love the H. H. Holmes reference that they were doing and all that. I know I love about him. One of the podcasts I listened to is last podcast on the left. And if you haven't okay. listened to it yet, check it out. You'll laugh your face off because the one guy does the history. The other guy's kind of like the 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 showrunner. He kind of keeps things moving. He says, okay, well, next up is such and such. And right. they'll move through a serial killer's history. Uh, and then the third guy is the guy who, remember Heroes Reborn? Yes. Remember the brother with the beard? The sister got the powers. And he had red hair, a little overweight. But he was tagging along with rim horn glasses yeah guy. him yeah he does he's on there and he gets out of control and does these impressions oh no and it's so over the top and funny now the one bad thing and i told them this too because i wrote a review uh was they could be a little crass and a little over the top with their uh there's no filter really is basically the nice way of saying it and, okay. you know, besides me not wanting to hear it, if you can't rein it in and control your behavior, you lose it. It's it's the timing with comedy. You don't just go, yeah. go, 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 go every shot, no matter how crass it is, go for it, because it doesn't work. But when it does work for them, it is hilarious. He just comes, he has them laughing through, and it, I'm laughing at my desk at work listening to this. Anyway, they did, they did like a two or three part on H.H. H. Holmes. And they get yeah. Well, um, Lore had done an episode on that too. Yes, and it was it was excellent. Both of them did an excellent yeah. job. And then I, because of that, I went on Netflix and watched a documentary of him. Yeah, I think Jess has it bookmarked on our it's on our kind Netflix. Kind of just skims the surface. You're better off listening to the podcast first. Yeah, this just goes okay. So he mur- murdered that person. That person disappeared. That person. Then he got caught. And then the, and they're like, well, wait a minute. If you yeah, listen there's to more la- to it. Yes. If you listen to last 
podcast on the left. You get into why he was that way, what he said to these people, you mm-hmm. know, all of that. Really nitty gritty and yet fascinating and funny the whole way through. And yeah, when he mentions H.H. H. Holmes, I'm like, oh, look, I know what you're talking about. Okay. I don't have to go, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. It's it's a familiar enough topic that okay this I got gotcha, you this okay yep this this tracks this works oh, yeah I was waiting to see what they were gonna do with it too um okay let's get into movies because there are a bunch of movies that we have not gotten to talk about in quite a while and we can just touch on them all right uh let's start where to begin Doctor Strange speaking of Benedict Cumberbatch. I was gonna say, why don't we just go right for the jugular, so to speak, with with uh, with that trend. Um, Doctor Strange, I really enjoyed. I thought it. My only, and this is kind of a, a stupid nitpick. My only nitpick with it is they had missed a perfect opportunity that would have not broken the uh, the pacing or anything of the movie. But there was a moment when they're running through the uh, New York yep. as the worlds sure. you know all getting re, re you know jumbled around and whatnot where benedict or dr strange makes a remark and uh chewittle just looks at him and he could have very easily have just said no shit sherlock and it would have perfectly worked within oh, that would have been nice. the of everything yeah, that would have been funny. but i think he just said something else or just shot him like, and then they kept going i'm like that would have been a perfect beautiful place for just that sure. quick little sure. tip of the hat but anyway i like how they um if you're paying attention to the beginning of the film right before his accident they reference the captain america civil war okay remind because me. of because of the air force colonel who has been paralyzed from such and such vertebrae down. Oh, right. I probably picked up on that. Any pass, boring or whatever, and he goes on to the one that actually ends up causing him to, to wreck because he looks down at the phone or what have right. you. So, but I enjoyed it. I thought it was phenomenally done. Very visually heavy. Oh, yeah. Very As visually it should heavy. Be. Yeah. Uh, but I loved even for it being a character that I'll admit I'm relatively novice when it comes to Dr. Strange. Mm-hmm. I like that. They, sh- it felt like they were staying true to the character and they showed growth. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that was the big thing. I mean, people, I never cared about Dr. Strange, but again, case in point, I knew this was going to happen. <laughs> I, I was never big on Thor or Iron Man before Thor and Iron Man movies. And then yeah. Marvel has a way of going, yeah, I know you don't care about Ant-Man, Thor, Iron Man. Now you're going to. Now you have groundwork, and we've made these characters. You can hear their voices now when you read them. Absolutely. And so, remember, I don't know if I said it to you on the podcast, but years ago I said, when they do uh, Doctor Strange, my choice is Benedict Cumberbatch. I think you and I were doing a podcast on that. And when that okay. happened, I'm like, boom! Thank you, people, for finally listening. Because we know so many people don't go for what they should, and they don't listen. Well, somebody out there had the same thought. Thank God. Clearly, yeah. I thought, not that it mattered to me, but I wouldn't have been 
I wouldn't have had a problem with if they let him keep his English accent. It works with that character. Yeah, it, it worked either way. I, I think it was kind of terrifying to hear him not have a British accent because you're so used to it. Right. And it's not a strong, it's not um, in your face to such a degree where you go, whoa, 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 what, what, what is this? But I thought, yeah. oh, okay. Well, it's, you could just let him talk in his normal accent. That's It's charming and it works for that sort of aristocratic type character. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, so, um, yeah, I loved it. I, you know, I knew I would, and I loved it on such a degree that like Mikey is not my movie going buddy. So I don't know. Good choice. Oh yeah. Well, Mm -hmm. he's at that age now where I don't have to go. I don't think he's going to get this or I don't think he's going to, you know, he's, he's very, very smart for his age, but I have been watching him obviously. And I could tell. Okay, this isn't going to be over your head. And now because he watches Doctor Who and he understands time travel theory and Stargate and and his mind is getting more complex. So this type of thing, he was thrilled with. Like, okay, good. You can hang on to this. I don't have to sit there and explain anything and we're off. So he, he loved it too. He got a kick out of the scene where behind him, the portals are opening and his hands coming through yeah. and grabbing books. You know, he kept mentioning that. And the fact well, that the cape came alive. And Yeah. Well, did you know that Benedict provided the facial and part of the voice for the bad guy? Really? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Him and two other people, I think, like they modulated the voices together to provide that weird oh, okay. feel. Yeah, I've come to bargain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like him. Oh, you know what's amazing, too? It was only a couple months ago that they were filming that running through New York scene. It was not yeah, that long I th- ago. Like I it, think it was I think it was around April, May, I want to say. Maybe even sooner. Because, because I remember seeing the photos going around where he had popped into the comic book shop to buy. How about that? You're in that your, was freaking brilliant. I would love to have been in that store and turn and look. Is that Dr. Strange just walked in? And he's such a nice guy and so sweet. And to walk in and buy comics and hang out for a, a little bit in full outfit. Yeah. Why, why would you not? Right? Why I mean, would, how could you not enjoy, the, enjoy him as a human being? Right. I mean, it... It's so funny. Like I was explaining to to Mikey the other day that the people that we like are not a holes. And when you become famous in whatever music, acting, sports, whatever, you will watch so many people go down the rabbit hole of delusion or arrogance. You know, it there there are books written about this. You could watch Turn on the News. Uh, but if you can find a good person who stays a good person, they deserve all of your support. Uh, David Tennant, we were just talking about, Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, uh, Tom Meissen, etc. All, all the people that we always talk about. That's the common thread because not only are they just decent people. These are people that go above and beyond and understand how lucky they are. You know? Yeah, they get it. So, oh, speaking of uh, David Tennant, 
and Tom Mice and Cindy and I, because again, constantly thinking about what if, wouldn't it be great if, can you imagine this crossover? The Tenth Doctor meeting Ichabod Crane. That could be interesting. I mean, just because Cindy and I are laying in bed together, we're just about ready to fall asleep and we're talking about how great Sleepy Hollow is. I said, because, you know, Tom Meissen has that, I am Ichabod Crane. That sort of delivery. And yeah. he always had, so I said to her, hello, I'm the doctor. I am Ichabod Crane. She's like, oh, 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 oh could you picture them meeting each other? Holy crap. And it would be great. Absolutely. You know, just picture the fun bounciness of the 10th Doctor and the sternness of Ichabod and the confusion of Ichabod Crane. Right. And going, ah, and doing, you know, the, the, the whole finger pointing, ah, wait a minute type of thing. And, yeah. and the Doctor going, oh, what, what, what are you doing there? What, you know, what is that? Like, I just, the yeah. whole, the mind races with how much fun that can be. Yeah, that would be an insane that that would be an insane event. Oh, and apparently, uh, Doctor Strange is going to be in the next Thor movie too. I've heard that. Which again, we don't know much about it, but the little bit that I do know could be so. I think it's going to be much more explosive and meaningful than what we think, because you're going to have the Hulk in it, mm-hmm. and even if it's just the Hulk on a rampage. Or doing the gladiator thing on Thor's... They did a cartoon, Thor versus the Hulk. Yeah, I was going to say, I think they had done a cartoon. And that's excellent. I preferred the Wolverine versus Hulk more, but it was excellent anyway. So they do that. Plus you have Doctor Strange there. Okay. I mean, that, you know... Yeah. Because I can't... Personally, I don't care anymore. I don't need to see more Thor on Asgard anymore. I want no. to see Thor being Thor on Earth there. You know, like enough with the on your own planet thing. We've done it. Yeah. Um, let me think, let me think, let me think. What else? Oh, Rogue One. Thank you. Yep. Holy crap. All right. This movie surpassed my expectations. And if this did not show you the gravity the desperation that the rebellion had mm-hmm. at the beginning of a new hope mm-hmm. again y- you must not have been paying attention right the fact that you know my Jess and I are sitting there watching it in the theater and you know Tarkin shows up and it's like he he's dead how <laughs> he's how, very dead. how he's been dead for how, a good long how, time. you know yeah he died in 94 and here, you know, after the movie, we sat down, we looked online, and here they utilized footage that hadn't been used in the original, and then also computer-generated and had somebody mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. pantomime them or whatever. And then seeing a young Princess Leia at the end, oh my god, that was now I, that was chill. I've heard, and again, it's all over other podcasts now, but other reviews that people gave it were some people loved the Tarkin, and hated Princess Leia's uh, computer-generated face. Others switched it. Yeah. You know, which I'm like, shut up. Just, I mean, yeah. I understand if you're going to be nitpicky and you do want to share your thoughts. But overall, shut up. Be thankful for what yeah. we have a world 
where it doesn't matter if somebody's dead. You're going to see, oh, you want to see a young Tony Stark from 1987. Okay, we're going to show that in Civil War. Yeah. Ah, you know, you got, you have that. Yeah. You should be so thankful. Yeah, and now people are just so nitpicky. Oh, well, I could do better. Then do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Well, the whole, eh, it, it, we're close, but it didn't look perfect. Be thankful for what you have. Just be Yeah, thankful. absolutely. I mean, and like I said, this this movie, this movie felt more true to the very concept of a, of the literal Suicide Squad. Hmm. These people went in knowing full well that they were not coming right. home. Right. And damn Disney for making me care about characters that I knew going in were very likely going to die. See, that's see. There's the difference. I didn't care about these characters. I I be I I cared about them because you could you could see they just wanted to do what was right. Oh yeah yeah yeah. I mean on that level sure. But now did I fall in love with Jen Erso and Cassian and all this? No, I didn't fall in love with them, but I hated the fact that this was going to be the only time we got to see them. Well, unless you watch Star Wars Rebels. And that's actually a good segue, because I was going to ask, did you see Chopper in Rogue One? At the time, I didn't... Pay, well, there's more than Chopper. There's three things. And the ship. The ship and the from ship. the back. They show the ship from the back... Which I didn't pick up until I came home and looked it up to look at the screen. I think, I think the ship's actually in there twice. Cool. Once on the ground and then once in flight, I believe. Uh, well, yeah, the one I saw online was from behind. So you could tell by the way the, the blast. Yeah, it's got a distinct. It. Yeah, it's got a distinct. Which is cool. And they actually call out the pilot, too. At one yeah. point they go, you know, which I, I didn't pick up on. None of this I picked up on except to go, oh, that kind of looks like Chopper. I wonder if it is. And, then it, it was and over. I think that was the. I think that's why they did it. They did it on perp. They did it subtly, ill on purpose. Right. Um, but yeah, I watched the movie. And, okay, it's interesting. Again, I, I, I like Star Wars, but I, I'm not. It's not part of my soul like the way, so many other things are. Right. You know, there are things that I can define myself by. Star Wars is not one of them. But that being said, I still enjoy it. I still understand it. I still can talk to people about it. This movie was good. It was different. I was fine with it being different. I'm not going to... Oh, there was no scroll. Okay. You know, that's fine. Yeah. Let it be different. It, Let it be its it. own thing. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that's the other thing, too. Somebody said, all the others had a scroll because it was part of an ongoing story. This is a one-off. It has nothing Absolutely. tied to it. So just start your story. Yeah. Um... I, the the what's his face Forrest Whitaker's character, who I guess is going to mm -hmm. be on Rebels. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Apparently, he has a bigger history than I knew about because he was only in it for a blink of an eye, and we're like, oh yeah. So I believe it. that character was in um, the Clone Wars series. Yeah, apparently I don't think. But um, so yeah, I mean in that he wasn't in it very long. Okay, well, whatever. He has robot legs. Uh, I didn't, as much as I enjoyed the story, I didn't feel like a bond or a connection or be able to really identify with any of these characters the way I could with, say, Han Solo. Han Solo, mm -hmm. 
like that guy. That's my, that's that's the me. That's me on there. Yep. These guys were all right. You're there. You're, and I didn't even think about it. I wasn't trying to think that deep into the fact that are they all gonna die? Because I heard somebody say it's very much like um, what the Dirty Dozen. Is it the I Dirty Dozen? I can see dozen? that. It was it the Dirty Dozen. It was one of those. Uh, and okay, the story kind of starts off slow and. You know, I like the robot. The I can't even think of his name. K two S O. See, and here's my point. You know these and well, names. Well, no, the only reason I know that is because my wife's got a. Uh, she got a pop of it for uh, Christmas. Yeah, but you know the other characters' names. I don't, and that's kind of my point. I don't feel like oh, well, I, 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 I will you freely know. admit I'm I'm a between the two of us. I'm the bigger Star Wars. Yes, fan. absolutely. I I will fill that void. Um. But, but again, I enjoy it. I'm glad for the movies and everything. And I record Star Wars Rebels for me and Mikey to watch. And I keep yeah, them and I'm and that's actually something I'm far behind on. I think they just got back from their mid season break. Yes. Has this season been good? Here's the thing: it's better than Clone Wars, but it's when they focus on a story that matters. You're like, yeah, this is epic. Holy crap! There's Darth Vader. If they if they are doing Inquisitors, and they're focusing on the Jedi side of it. It's really cool. But they do these episodes every other one or so, or even a couple in a row, where it's the scumbag bounty hunter alien that talks like this through the whole thing, and hey, I'm here to get the the, the gold of Gavgu. And hey, pew, pew, you can't really trust me because I betrayed you and now you're going to run and I'll see you guys later. I hate those type of characters. They're over the top. Yeah. They're not pleasant to watch. They're not, And their story is just like... You're it's taking, a throwaway. You're, it's a throwaway because you're not keeping us on point for the rebellion. And they just brought back two of those type of characters in one episode and they bicker with each other. I don't want. I don't want that. Mm. You know, those are very sparse. You can see them as a bartender. There you go. Give me my blue milk, and then get out of my sight. But I don't want to have the story focused on these type of characters. So it's good when it ties into the overall meaningful thing. Otherwise, you're just okay. trying to go. Oh god. So when it's part of the main arc, it's. It's good. Yes, when it propels them but forward. The are, are what they yeah. are. Yeah, or they'll have uh, the blue guy. Oh, he he thought he was the last of his kind, but it turns out the rest of his family is on this uh, planet, and they have to go get them. Well, now you got to focus on the blue guy for so long. And, like, I understand you have to do that to just give him more story, but it's not the highlight of the season. You're just kind of suffering through it. And problem with Clone Wars as a series was they did too many of those. Instead of focusing on, let's watch the Jedi do Jedi things, they had to show one of the clones go off on his own battle. You know, eh. Um, But yeah, so I watched the movie, and I'm enjoying it. And the second half, one, okay, I'll tell you when it started to feel like Star Wars for me. When they go to the town and the troopers show up. And I like the little sort of the two guys at the bar. You better watch yourself. We're watching yeah. it in three, you know. Oh, I know you guys. Okay. Yeah. Nice to see you. And that was it. 
they had a couple of those type of things. Yeah, well, one thing I noticed was the banter between the stormtroopers. Uh, I'm trying to think. Just casual banter, like, uh, I think they were talking about the speeders, you know, have you seen this, this blah, 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 Mark 16 or whatever. Oh, yeah, I heard it's, you know, better than the last one or faster or just quick little dialogue that ties in with banter that was even going on in uh, A New Hope. And it gives them more depth. Yeah, like the one it shows that it's not just some mindless thug, you know, that tries to, you know, exactly tries to shoot. Well, oh, <clears throat> that was a big thing I said. I don't know if you saw. I posted it. The one major thing that this movie established was the stormtroopers know how to fire. They know how to shoot. They are they are yeah. not the the joke of pew pew. We can't hit our target. Oh, they're hitting yeah. plenty targets. They were they were oh, formidable soldiers. Through this whole thing, you went, oh, crap. Now, you, when you see a stormtrooper, you go, oh, crap, as opposed to, <laughs> I'm going to stand right in front of you. You're not going to be able to shoot me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that, I thought, oh, I'm actually intimidated by seeing you guys yeah. show up. And I liked how they showed the quick thinking of um, the character that was the pilot. Yes. Where he, he calls in as... You know, one that of the imperial. Great. That was great, beautiful thinking on their part because it was that realization of, okay, we could get wiped out quicker than we realized. Yep. Again, it shows the desperation. And I also love that they were clever, but not clever enough to save themselves. Like, there's that yep. point where even that pilot, I remember, he's like, oh, oh crap, we're not getting out of this alive. And the way he dies is they the, one of the troopers lobs a grenade into the ship. I'm like, yeah, boom! Like, oh, oh, because that's wow. that's a throwaway stunt that you see in other shows where the hero runs by, say, a la Captain America. Bucky did that, yeah. where he just chucks it in there and you keep running. Well, you never knew who was in there except that there were bad guys in there. Boom, they're gone. Moving on. This case, that was yeah. one of your your heroes, and that's the way he yeah. died. Yeah. Like it was very cold in a wonderful way, which is exactly yeah. what it's, it should be. You felt that. <gasps> so these guys could die at any second. Yeah, any absolutely. Second. I mean, the, the, um, the, oh, the, the, the battle on, on that planet was phenomenal. Yeah. And it was brutal. Brutal. Oh yeah. It was very much like, uh, uh, what, what was it? The, the first scene of the Tom Hanks movie, uh, Band of, not Band of Brothers. No, uh, great, great show too. Oh, great, yeah, great. Uh, Find, Saving Private Ryan. Saving Private Ryan, like Finding uh, Storming Nemo, the Beach Ryan. Normandy. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. It's not Finding Private Nemo. I don't know. Um, saving Saving Private Ryan. Yeah, exactly. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and it felt like oh crap, and they're and they're fighting, and there's troopers all around. Now here comes an ad ad. Like, oh, yeah. crap. This is like, oh, you man. You feel that, oh, we're not getting out of this, because that thing is, if it doesn't step on us, it's going to blast us out of here. Yep. Uh, that's when, the moment when they show up on that on the planet, and they meet the blind guy with the staff and his gun-toting buddy, that scene, that was, I'm like, okay, now this feels like Star Wars. 
And from yeah. then on, once, I was okay. once the story pr- started getting into getting into the meat of it, that's when it started feeling like Star Wars. And World. how about finally getting to see Darth Vader scare the crap out? He's just I'm going to mow you all down in fun ways. I'm going to yeah. throw you up to the ceiling that, and then cut you in half. Yeah, that was fantastic. I I got chills when all of a sudden you see that saber ignite, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, crap. Well, you hear him breathing first in the dark. Yeah. And you're like, uh, guys, is uh, somebody in here with us? It's and I loved the, the sheer panic they showed. Somebody have an inhaler? Is that an inhaler? What is that? Yeah. Hey, is that a light bright? Oh crap! It's him. And yeah, yeah. And that whole that whole. Oh god! Oh god! Take it! Take it! Take it! Yeah, I'm like you can, now, That's where that, you can feel it. Yeah, at that point, I'm sitting there thinking, okay, this is going to be the cameo we're going to see of the Leia character. You're just going to see a hooded woman where uh-huh. you can see the edge of a bun. You'll see her hand grab, and that'll be the end of it. Yep. Nope, they actually went a step farther, and that was beautiful. I love seeing her father. Yeah, on there and mention Ben Kenobi. Yeah, like, oh yeah, he's mentioned I'm, Ben I'm, Kenobi. I'm gonna send this to him because he'll help us. Like, whoa. Yeah, and showing the amount of faith he had in his daughter. So no one I would trust more. Like, ooh, okay. Yeah, really cool. Which I have to laugh. Someone had posted something online that, oh yeah, you know, Bail Organa looks good for you know only being X amount of years after uh, fifteen Revenge years. of the Sith. Yeah. Something like that, yeah. But yet, you've got Obi-Wan, who looks rough and ragged compared. When they came you know, out... Obviously, when they came, obviously for cer- certain reasons. I sure, mean, sure. different actors and stuff. But it's like, I, I think someone remarked, oh yeah, you know, Ben would look a hell of a sight better if you know he had the beauty regimen that Bail Organa <laughs> has. You know, not being stuck on a desert planet, you idiots. You know? Well, and <laughs> so, that's... Uh, when they came <laughs> out with Revenge of the Sith, there was a, I don't know if it was Entertainment Weekly or somebody snarky, went, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, so this is supposed to be 15 years. How in the heck did, and they start going through things like that. Like, how is this person aged that much, and how old is that? Okay, you're poking holes in it. That's true. But just eh, let it go. Like, yeah. there, that was a Lucas mistake. He shouldn't have said 15 years. Let's Let's lighten up a bit. Oh, and yeah. by the way, Ben Kenobi is going to show up on Rebels. Yeah, I'd seen the trailer where he shows up, and apparently uh, Maul comes back after the. Oh, Maul's already in it. Maul has been. Is he? I, yeah, I was very intrigued. Villain. I was intrigued how they brought him in and toyed with uh, Azra. And he's awfully chatty. Remember how Darth Maul didn't talk at all? Yeah. You can't shut him up since this season. Or it huh. started at the end of last season. He well, showed. you know, the loss, the loss of his legs probably, you know, gave him something to talk about. Yeah, he grew them back or has robot legs or something. He, he's, he got better. Dressed in, um, yeah, that was addressed in some some continuity or somewhere. Yeah, it was addressed in a comic book, I think, but I don't know if it, it's valid anymore. Ever yeah, since, no. you know, Disney took over, I think they kind of went, everything that was done novelization-wise... We're ignoring it because of Force Awakens. Yeah, they they're treating it as if it's its own continuity, which is which is the respectful thing to do. I mean, I know that's a sore subject with a number of people, but when you've got forty years of stories that let's be honest, they if you really went in the nitty gritty of it, 
they probably all contradict each other in some detail. Well, it, uh, I know Clone Wars did, not the movie, but the show. Yeah. Uh, the show, right from the beginning, you're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, the, the, it's supposed to be before Revenge of the Sith. In Revenge of the Sith, uh, what's-his-face, Anakin becomes a Jedi Master, technically. He kind of yeah. forces their hand. He was, didn't, wasn't granted, yeah, we say you're a Master. He kind of is like, no, 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 I'm a Master now. So Clone Wars takes place all those years before that happens. Ahsoka comes on, who, by the way, is also in Rebels. You'll be, yeah, which is I remember she tie been... it together. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I got up to the end of season two. It's the third season I haven't gotten to catch okay. yet. So uh, She's like, oh, Master. She's always referring to him as Master. I'm like, bull crap. I'm not even the big, the big Star Wars guy, and I know continuity problems. He wasn't a Jedi Master. He wouldn't be allowed to take on a Padawan. Boom. Right. And... After that, there are things that they contradict. A, a buddy of mine that I worked with would be like, oh, yeah, here. <laughs> On this page. And he had, he can tell you specifically where they went against established canon. Wow. And it was, yeah, it was because somebody thought, well, I want to write this episode. And nobody called them on it. And I guess Lucas at the time was like, well, I got people who will check in and I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah. You know, and, but anyway, I digress. Um, I enjoyed it. I'll be curious to see what happens now with uh, Carrie Fisher passing away. She's, yeah, I she's know. In the next movie, a good chunk. Yeah, I know they finished her filming for episode eight last month. And it's my understanding they. There's some question to whether or not she, given them. If she had given them permission to do that, uh, do the whole CGIing her, or or what? I don't. I'm not entirely sure. But I know a lot of people are freaking out. Oh, I guess this means Hollywood can just resurrect dead actors and actresses. No, they can't. They need written proof that or written uh, approval. Yeah. Because I mean, it's Hollywood. They can. They, they would need to have such things in place. Sure, sure. I um, mean, if that's the case, then why aren't we seeing, you know, John Wayne commercials advertising, you know, Taco Bell or Marilyn Monroe, Hawking, you know, Macy's Snickers. Diamonds. Or Snickers, yeah, Snickers. you know. They did. They've done, a, they've done one commercial for Marilyn Monroe and one for John Wayne, but it was years ago. No, no, I'm talking about the Snickers commercial that they're doing right now. Oh, they did a Snickers commercial? With William Defoe? Willem Defoe. Who puts, what kind of an idiot puts a girl in a dress over a cold crate? And they're like, Miss Monroe, eat a Snickers. Why? Well, you get a little cranky when you haven't eaten. Better? It's just better. And it's her. It's Marilyn Monroe now. I haven't seen that commercial then. Oh, well, man. In a situation like that, though... That oh, without seeing it, I I can't. Right. But that's something they may have done with uh, archive footage. Oh, they did without actual. a doubt, and they just like CGI'd her mouth. Uh, yeah, look it up afterwards. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, I you know, uh, I'll tell you, I, I'm with this whole Star Wars franchise. I'm thrilled that they're making them, but I'm hoping the next one will be a little more. Um, I want to say lighthearted because it is war and it should have action beats. But man, ever since Han died, I've had that oh that ache. That was so emotional. I can't watch it. Like Han, oh man, dying. Yeah, I know. That was that was painful still, for you to watch. Yeah, I mean, he's my favorite. And just oh, the way it was done. I mean, I told you, Mikey and I crying in the theaters afterwards. Oh, absolutely. You know? Um, I think he got emotional, too, at the end of Rogue One because they all get wiped out. Yeah. I mean, not in pretty ways, either. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to just kind of wipe away the surface of the planet that you're on. Yeah. And I showed how I like how they showed even at not at full power that that thing was just destructive. Right? Here comes the wave. You can see it coming. Like, oh crap. You know. Yeah, but, and I like how they showed that they weren't they, I like how they showed they pretty much were like nothing we can do. Yeah, there's nothing we can do, you know. Oh, the whole thing with them climbing where where there were a couple times where I'm like, okay, you're going to die right now. I guess you're not going to get the plans to whoever. Where she's on, on the bridge and it's starting to fall. And, and then later on, like she's dangling from the... And they're shooting at them. They're yeah. hanging on and trying not to get shot. And the guys are right there. There's nothing stopping them. And they're trying to get you. Uh, you know, and the one guy does get shot. They're like, okay, well, that's good. Yeah. That, whew, they really pumped up the intensity for that whole... Yeah. That I thought they did really well at. Yeah. Um, any other movies I'm forgetting? Because I know there's a whole bunch that I wanted to talk to you. Oh, I finally got to see Pacific Rim. Did you? Okay. What well, do you think? Little sidebar. <clears throat> Went to an ugly sweater party for Christmas. Okay. Uh, my a guy who I performed with at, at Duffy's. He it turns out he only lives a couple blocks away. Oh shit! Yeah, so he goes. Hey, you know, I'm having an ugly sweater party. Come on, and get your ugly, you know, get your ugly sweater. Bring some food if you want. So, I go to this thing, and I'm thrilled. I'm I'm blessed to be asked. Well, I didn't have an ugly sweater. The Batman one I wanted to get was like sixty some seventy bucks. I'm not. Oh yeah, it's highway robbery. I'm not doing that. What I did get was a cool Batman ugly sweater. long sleeve t-shirt but when you look at it you can't tell it's a t-shirt right and it's still green and blue or green and red and white like Christmassy but Batman's on it so I'm rep- yeah. I'm representing I figure if I'm gonna wear an ugly sweater I'm gonna show off somebody that I love so I, As you should I go to this and I'm the only one from Duffy's who showed other people couldn't make it because they had other obligations whatever but made new friends and little side note they had food out and i go oh wow what is that swedish meatballs and i eat it (sighs) wasn't it wasn't wasn't swedish meatballs what it was was who try to keep my keep it down if everything at this party was vegan what vegan no warning by the way had i known this i would have brought a burger or something just for myself so every wow. there's a lot of food out and i'm like ooh, stuffed mushrooms 
Mmm, oh, there's no sausage in that, the stuffing. Whatever. I'll, maybe it was just a fluke. Everybody makes them different. Ooh, Swedish meatballs. What is this? Oh, yeah, oh, that's, that's, yeah. That, they're made with beans. Are they made with beans? Okay, so I swallow that. Because, again, you don't want to make a scene. You don't want to see my right. grateful. All right, what is this? Quesadilla, right? You can't go wrong with the quesadilla. <laughs> yes, you can. Because I pop that in my mouth. Oh, what do you got going in here? Oh, that's that's a soy soy quesadilla with uh, what? What is it when it's not real meat, but they use tofu? Tofu. Thank you. Oh, that's what cold tofu tastes like. All right. Well, oh. I can get that off my bucket list. <laughs> Holy crap! Then they had. And again, people brought things, so I'm not blaming the hosts. I'm. It's. I wish there had been a heads up, however, but everybody yeah. brought something. I brought soda for myself because I don't drink, right? So I brought bottles of soda for everybody, which people were thankful for. But I'm like, okay, so you have shrimp, and and they have a they have it laying on a bed of the cocktail sauce. Okay, so I picked that up. Can't, I love shrimp and cocktail sauce. Right. What I don't love is when they put the sour cream or whatever the... Is it sour cream? I think so. Underneath it. Or cream cheese or whatever. Because when I scoop it... Oh. Like, son of a oh. oh. Oh, no. It was like a house of horrors. Everywhere oh, I turned. Oh. Oh. Point of my story was... While I'm talking to people, he, my buddy Patrick, who hosted this party, goes, come on, come on, look, look, look at this TV. They're, they're a married couple that are, they're both teachers, I believe, and they don't have kids. And they have this great two-level house. So if you go downstairs, you have a hole downstairs. He has place for his guitar and microphones to rock out to. He's got the TV right. and the wraparound couch. And he's got a kitchen behind. It's great. You can live down there. Look at this TV. Here, whoa, well, see something cool? Well, see, I got the fire stick. The Amazon fire stick. Okay, whatever. I have Google Chromecast. I don't, whatever. I don't, I have the same thing. No, 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 yeah. this thing, no, it's not. Because this, look, at. if you get the code and you know how to crack it, watch, pick a show. Pick a show. Well, the guy's sitting next to me. I would have picked a show that isn't on TV, say, Stargate right now. Mm -hmm. Anything you want, you can find it. Guy next to me goes, SpongeBob. Sponge, SpongeBob? What? It's rather random for an adult. This is what I'm saying. I'd look at him and I'm like, and is there something you need to tell us? You know? Hey, I mean, I like it. That's If you, if you enjoy yeah. it, enjoy it. I don't. But whatever. If you had to pick something at a party for everybody to have to watch, SpongeBob. Oh. So he puts on, look, there you go. Oh, what's another one? So long story short, he's telling me about this wonderful miracle that is the Amazon Fire Stick. All right. Essentially, if you know the code, which you can find very easily on, uh, you can either buy it already done for like $80, 70 to $80. Somebody does it through eBay. Jailbreaks, that they call it. Yeah. Or... You go on YouTube yourself, which is what I did. Oh, getting ahead of myself. Uh, and you find these apps 
that allow you to watch movies that Netflix doesn't have or Hulu. Television shows that may have been canceled. Journeyman that I love that got taken away because of the writer's strike. I right. can watch all 13 episodes on my TV through that. Wow. I'm, I'm telling you, it change your life. So, and basically what it does is you, you get the, uh, what the heck is it called? Cody, K-O-D-I is the app. Okay. And then through that, you get a sub app, which is called Exodus. Through Exodus, you can find movies, TV shows. He's going, watch, watch. You want to see something cool? Watch. Here, you can watch this guy in, I don't know, the Philippines. He's been wheeling this wheelbarrow back and forth all day. I've been watching him. So they have live cameras all over the world. Here, you want to watch karaoke done in New Orleans? There they are. Look at them. They're singing karaoke on Mardi Gras right now or whatever the heck is going on right now. Right. On Bourbon Street. Uh, here, wait, wait. Uh, here, we can watch from the top of the Statue of Liberty, the harbor cam. All right, you want to see it from the bottom looking up or off to the side? I mean, so basically any camera that is a live feed, if you find this app, I haven't found it yet, you can watch. You want to see, you know, watch... Something going on that's, in New York City. That's crazy. It's right. So I don't understand it. It's over my head, but the idea sounds great. I said, well, maybe I can do it with my Chrome, Google Chromecast. It's a first generation Chromecast. I couldn't do it. And long story short, it didn't work out. New Year's, the family is invited to a party. And a guy there who happens to be a police officer is also a computer tech guy. Like he's that's his thing. He fixes computers, builds computers. Oh yeah, you're about this uh, Amazon Fire Stick. I said, oh, I heard about it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he starts telling me about it. He goes, for forty bucks, you can't be beat. He goes, tell you what, if you do end up getting it, because again, second person telling me about this, I miss certain shows. Uh, for forty bucks, it's worth it. He goes, you get it, you bring it to me. I'll figure it out for you, and then you'll have it. Well, I got it Saturday, and I went on YouTube and got it working. It's phenomenal. And I don't understand it completely, and I haven't found those live camera things yet. Right. Because that's fun. I would like to just see. It'd be. Yeah, I mean, it, it could definitely be something that could be interesting to, you know. From time to time, depending on where you want to look, like um, yeah. say something is happening on the news in New York City. I can watch it. Like that type of thing. Yeah. Um <clears throat> yeah, it's it's live feeds and, and besides any T V show or movie you ever want to see is on there and you don't have to pay anything other than the forty dollars to buy the fire stick, which goes right in the side of your T V. Oh, and the one I, I end up getting uh is the voice command. So if you're not if you're just using it without going into Cody and Exodus. If you're just using, say, Netflix, show me Daredevil. And there it is. Huh. Oh, it's, yeah. We're living in a whole new world now. And I thought Great. of you, too, because you don't have cable. You just, hmm. right? Like, that's, it's worth it. $40 for the stick. $40 for the stick. I could send you the link to the. You'll, you'll have to send me a link, yeah. I will. I'll show you the one that I did. Because it's like a HH or 
HTTP backslash backslash one of those sort of codes. Uh, but once you're in, you're in. It's Ooh. you know what basically what it does is okay. You go into Exodus, type in a show that you want to see or a movie. You go okay, there it is. I want like Hack is another show. Hack. I went okay. There's season one, season two. Pick an episode. Yes, load it up. What it does is it searches all these providers who happen to have it if they do have it, and they'll go okay. Bling, here's ten people who are streaming that right now. And then you just pick one, you hit play, and it plays it. Oh, shit. Now, hack, unless I'm doing it wrong, none of these providers right now have it. Somebody told me today maybe they have to be online or, you know, have their their own on to make it work. But again, I'm a novice. I'm just learning this. Yeah. But it's worth it. If it's so... Is it possible that you're not spelling it correct? Like, is it like back... I'm, I, no, because I'm looking right at it. They show a picture... Okay. Of, okay. of what it is, so you know exactly what you're doing. Gotcha. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm telling you, I thought of you because I thought, well, you would appreciate that because anything you ever want to watch. Oh, things that are on right now or coming on tonight, you can watch like the way you have been through Hulu. Mm-hmm. Imagine not having to pay for Hulu. Could be handy. Is, I mean, Hulu's not overly expensive, but yeah, there is Netflix. But I have it all through that Fire Stick. You know what I mean? Huh. Yeah, I think if you're looking to save money and get more for nothing, I might have to do yeah, it. Yeah, t- 40, I, forty bucks. I mean, come on. I mean, heck, at the very least, I could use it on the TV downstairs in the office that so exactly that I can right. stuff playing. Mine is upstairs in my bedroom. But if you decide I'm going to unplug it and plug it into another TV, same thing. As long as you have an Amazon account, you're golden. Yeah. Um. Quickly, let's talk comics. I have fallen a bit behind. Welcome to my world. But <laughs> I, ca- I catch up in chunks. I couldn't wait to tell you I have all caught up with Injustice. Okay. Up, in, up until this new Ground, Ground Zero. Zero. I haven't started Ground Zero because now I had to go back and start Justice League from issue number one. So I'm like five I- issues into that. Um, yeah, I think, it, I, I think that's one that I'm, I'm behind in a lot of them. Yeah. Um, not loving Justice League yet because Hicks is the one who's writing it, and he's a great artist. I don't like his writing. He tends to do stories where it's um, big world epidemic. Instead of them fighting a villain or a series of villains, they are fighting a an idea or a theology or this alien that you know, talks in riddles, but you don't actually see, but it's taking over technology or it's has a hive mentality where everybody in the world is starting to form into a giant. They all form together and, yeah. and mold and become one giant that they have to fight. And I don't, you know, it, it loses the, when you get too cerebral and too much in your own head, you're not, making it enjoyable for us to follow along. Gotcha. You know what I mean? And, and his his writing has done that right from the... He did that um, Rao story. Okay, so he's the one responsible for that you one. You get that? Gotcha. You see the feeling that you get from yeah. that? You're like, oh, I have to be really patient with this. Yeah. I want to hear them interact. I want to hear them dealing with a person and having a conversation. 
Yeah, I don't want to hear this. All right, so we have this global epidemic. What do we do? Well, you go way over there and fight these things, and you go over here and talk about this. Ah. Yeah, I mean, that that's a nice change from change of pace from time to time, but to write out the gate. Uh... And he's the ongoing writer, as far as I know so far, and I'm just like, get somebody new. Stick to, stick to drawing, bud. Stick to drawing. Um, Injustice, though. Injustice kind of faltered for me, I gotta say. After the whole, um, the gods coming down and saying, you know, Wonder Woman, you're on our side, you have to go against Superman. And that was cool, but then it just kind of, I don't know, it lost. Yeah, well, what the understanding was, it was just going to be a five-year run. And then the re- the reveal that, oh, yeah, we're going to do Ground Zero now. It's like... Oh, that was guys, the other thing, too. I thought it was going to end, and then this Injustice 2 story was going to be something completely different and maybe give me an opportunity to jump off if I wasn't enjoying it. This yeah. didn't end. I was waiting for some yeah. big payoffs to happen and then to them to beat Superman. Instead, they're like, nope, the battle Well, continues. no, it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have been them beating Superman. It would have been the beginning of where... Um, Injustice, the video game started, which where they had ended it at the end of uh, at the end of year five. Okay, that would have been a perfect. Okay, this is the this is the beginning of the video game. Okay, I would have been okay stopping at that point. But yeah, this Ground Zero, I'm not entirely sure about. Now I have the uh, year five annual mm-hmm. issue to read, which that might sway me one way or the other. But annuals are usually good. Because they tend to be a one-off, and you go, oh, that's right, these people were there too. What did they have to deal with? Exactly, exactly. Uh, like the whole Bizarro thing. Remember? They had Bizarro yeah. flying around. I'm like, okay, so that's pointless. And then they had him drop and kill the trickster. Yeah, I'm I was like, like that's ah. unnecessary. And Tom Durenick, who I know, his art is very predictable. He would do like every other issue, and he's got a very... He's only got like 10 different angles that he always uses over and over and over again. And so when I see him on a book, I'm like, oh. When he's on, he's really good, but he gets the work because he's reliable. He's going to get the pages out. But in doing that, I can see where he'll cut corners. Yeah. It takes me out of it if I go, oh, he's going to do that whole sideways panel face up close, you know. Yeah, and I can see it in my head what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I ugh, it's predictable and and yeah. Ugh. Anyway, uh any other books come to mind that you have been enjoying? Uh well, the All-Star Batman one was good. It was and then I there hasn't been an issue in quite a while. Right? Uh I think they just released an issue. Oh, okay, so I'm behind. Um that one, I'm not sure if that's going to be an ongoing one or if that was just going to be like a miniseries. No, no, ongoing. Ongoing. Because every every story arc, they get a new artist. Like right now, it's John Romita Jr. Yeah. And I mean, I enjoyed Because this one's been dealing with a lot of stuff dealing with that. Or <laughs> Two-Face. Two-Face, which I thought has been interesting. Because you don't... It's been a while since we've had anything dealing with Two-Face. Right, right. So. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to see what Snyder's going to do with all these characters. And that's kind of his point why it's called All-Star Batman. 
who do you want to see yeah. in it? Because I'm going to throw them in there. And it yep. reminded me of that great World's Finest story that they did the public enemies with Superman yeah. and Batman having to fight all these villains. I thought, ooh, that, you just raised the bar a great deal. As long as you don't water what? down the villains, you you could do something fantastic. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, just because of everything going on, I, I've fallen behind on, on a lot of my comic reading, which I might actually try to get <laughs> a little caught up tonight. <laughs> um, Daredevil, I can't wait for them to give him his red uniform back. I have not, as much as he's my second favorite of all superheroes, I am not enjoying that book so much. I don't know if, if you're reading it, but... I, I am not. He's got I, a sidekick named Blind Spot. Yeah, I got kind of taken out of it when I was reading the first couple issues. I'm like, ah, I, I don't know. This doesn't feel right. Yeah. Something feels off about it. Yeah, I like Charles Saul, but I'm not enjoying his Daredevil. It, it's, it's lacking that swashbuckler, fun, you know, martial artsy feel to it. Eh, we'll see what happens. I, you know. I'm still going to read it because it's Daredevil. Right. You know, just like a, a, a little sidebar towards the MacGyver podcast. Mikey says to me the other day, I said, well, I'm going to go up and watch the Not MacGyver show. And he sincerely looks at me. I never saw this look on his face before. Looks at me and goes, why? And it was the most, he wasn't trying to be funny, but the fact that he, you could tell it was right from his soul, like, why? Why are you watching that? Yeah, it's almost as if he could, you could, you could feel his pain for you. Yeah, yeah. But I said, you know, I have to because I do a podcast about MacGyver, so I have to watch the good, the bad, and that. You know, it, ugh. well, I'd laugh. My friend Jen Cronks, um, huge MacGyver fan, huge MacGyver fan. I, I don't think she would rival you or I. But she would be right on point with you and I, I think. No, sure. Yeah, I saw her this past Saturday. I said, yeah, I go, uh, I haven't watched this week's faux MacGyver yet. And she starts laughing. And she goes, I've never heard anybody refer to it. She goes, I know your buddy Mac calls it, you know, non-MacGyver or not MacGyver. No, she knows that? Well, yeah, because she listens to the podcast. She's, she's, uh. But it was so funny because I'm like, yeah, I go, "We, we begrudgingly watch it because we have to. We have to be fair and report on the good, the bad, and the the ugly, as it were. And I said, I'm hoping, beyond hope, that season two will start and it'll or dance around a lot of issues that, and we'll correct it. We'll correct its course, so to speak. Um. Yeah. The fact that it'll probably get a season two. Ugh. Anyway. Uh, just one last thing on that. Um, uh, did you watch this week's episode? I have not yet. We'll talk about it on the next MacGyver podcast, but I will give credit where credit's due, as I'm always looking to. There was a great twist that they did. Again, it's it's garbage. The whole show's garbage. But as far as the writing goes, this twist at the end was very good. Okay. I'm not going to tell you about it. We'll talk about it after you see it, and we'll do a MacGyver podcast episode. But I thought, Sounds okay, good. I get to actually say something pleasant to the writers. Yeah. Yay. Yeah, and I think part of what's frustrating me with, with it is I'm I'm experiencing an end of production that is 
weird that most people don't get to experience. Like, uh, to kind of sidetrack us a little bit, you know me. I'm working on Dark Operations Terminal. Yep, saw so your email or your post today. Yep, so a sci-fi miniseries, a three-part event. We're finishing the story for our characters that we had started ten years ago. Now, we're not doing things traditional or, or what have you, and there's no bare bones about that. But, you know, we're, we had a production meeting yesterday where during the meeting we actually addressed, you know, are we going to fall into the same pitfalls we had fallen into before where we cut corners just to get it done, or is it a case where we have to push something back in order to not do ourselves the disservice? Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that we have to constantly remind ourselves of. And then in following on that trend, uh, my friend Brian and I are the ones working on my second project, which will eventually end up being a, an audio drama podcast, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. audio play, whatever, whatever the heck terminology we want. <laughs> but um, with him and I, you know, we're going through every week we, we meet on line unless we can arrange it in person, which we like to work in our PJs, both of us. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. we tend to just say, screw it. We'll, we'll teleconference like you and I are doing this. I'm in my PJs. I am not, but you know, <laughs> uh, mostly cause I, I refuse to go outside in my PJs in the middle of the winter. It's too cold. Oh, no kidding. Uh, and you know, we have the dog. So, but anyway, um, the first week we did the podcast, it was back in November or the the meeting was, okay, let's kind of flush out the Bible a little bit for the series. And this week we met again because, you know, we met right right around Thanksgiving and then you know, Thanksgiving happened and you've got this, you've got that, you've got all these little things. So we met t- yesterday and went over the, you know, plot points for season one. Next week we're going to do season two, three, four, down the line and then once we get to the end of season five we'll go back start the process over again and kind of flush out the, them a little bit more and sure maybe interwine okay the character's arc over this season will be this 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 who's who's an expendable character who's not type thing and then we'll go back and the third time going over it's okay the synopsis is for each individual episode. Then, after that, it's let's start working on the scripts for season one. And then we'll go over that two or three times. And at that point, we'll sit down and we'll do the recordings. Okay. Which he and I were talking, you know, at that point, we'll probably, because at that point, We'll have the plot points devised for the entire series. We'll have the do's and don'ts for the characters. We'll have the Bible essentially fully flushed out. If somebody, if we were for the episodes, we can say, okay, here's the Bible. Here's your due, here's your due dates. Right. Because everything will be flushed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? the do's and don'ts for Phil or Mary or Sue or Bob or Jimmy or whomever, their characters will speak through the Bible. Right. Right. So that's been a fun experience doing something in a different format in a different structure. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> that's the whole thing with doing the... The reason I decided to not wait on anybody to do... I was going to do the MacGyver SG-1 story and have a cast and have people record yeah. their lines, but I'm impatient. I know that. I just... I don't... It's driving me nuts to wait for the... the... And that's the funny thing. I'm impatient, too, but in order to do mine with... Take this. I in a way have taken the showrunner's oath <laughs> because I don't want to quote unquote phone it and I don't want right. to rush myself just to get it done uh-huh. and you have you, you know the way you're doing it you have the capability of kind of to control all those elements doing it the way that you're doing it and that I think right. is very admirable and the part that for me it was also the part of <clears throat> I can I know the voices of these characters absolutely and, and I can also sound like MacGyver and Jack O'Neill. Well, they're going to do the majority of the dialogue. Yeah. So why wait and bring somebody else in and then have to wait and they go, oh, I didn't really like the way you said that. I just thought, let's, I can always change it later if I want to add people to do it, but right now... It's and if need be, if you need to give your voice a break, so to speak, you can throw in the special guest voice sure. by sure. whomever. Sure. But in the meantime, that it's, way, it's also know. very um, narration-heavy, too. Yeah. So it's not like I'm doing the like the podcast that we listen to where it's... Multiple voices. Multiple voices carrying conversation, and you have to figure out what the narration is supposed to be. What's Where's the story leading? Well, I'm telling you, here's where they are, here's what's around them. Now it's worth saying, hearing them say something. That type of thing. Yeah. You know, Whereas you sound like you're going to do more of the conversational back and yeah. forth. Yeah. Um, all right. So are we forgetting anything else or should we wrap it up and think about our next episode? I think uh, this is a, oh, a podcast that I'm not sure if you listen to. Okay. Okay. It's called Unexplained. I, is, it, is there a Scottish guy narrating it? I think so. Can't do it. I tried. It's a little. It's not something I can sit and binge and just listen to episode after right. episode. I can listen to two or three. I mean, it's it's interesting some of the stuff that he talks about. Right. Yeah. For me, I mean, I I <laughs> downloaded it twice because I'm like, ooh, yeah, that was great. I love the idea of it. And then I listen to it like, oh, oh, he's not really exciting enough for me. Yeah. Um. I'm. I listened to Life After. That was a good one. That's a ten part miniseries. Okay. Uh, what else? What else? What else? I'm sure there's more. I mean, I have our usuals that we usually talk about. Yeah. Um, but it, it all depends. I have so many on my iPod now that if I want to listen to the Christopher Titus podcast, that's a good one to laugh out loud about. Or if I want to hear about serial killers and laugh, I have last podcast on the left. Yeah. Uh, there's 48 hours, which is much more. You're you're listening to an episode of 48 hours where somebody was murdered and a mystery of who done it. Uh, or you must remember this is another one. But it, uh, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Sometimes I want mindless chit chat about comics, so I'm always on the lookout for anything new that way. Or if I want something a little heavier, I'll listen to a mystery. Oh, there's another one called um, Homecoming. That has 
celebrity casts doing the parts. David Schwimmer's in it. Huh. Yeah. Uh, it's it's good. It's real good. They just did six episodes for their first season, and they're gonna crank out more. But it's it's you know I'm the ones that stick around. Like I said, it's it's now to the point of. Do I have something to listen to? No, it's which. What am I gonna listen to out of the giant pile that I have to try and keep up on? Yeah, and, yeah. I'm I'm behind on two or three podcasts, I think, of the ones that I listen to regularly. The Unexplained, I, I go back and I'll listen to two, three episodes, then get caught up on stuff. And Yeah. But like if I... Not necessarily cleanse the palate, because, I mean, it's it's interesting stuff that the guy talks about, but yeah, he, he doesn't get excited. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Aaron Mackey with Lore, you can kind of, like, hear... He enjoys... Hear, yeah. He enjoys yeah. doing the narration. Yeah, this guy, he sounds kind of like he's Bored. reporting it. Yeah. And it's, I don't want to say a chore, but, but he's just there to do a job. Right, right. Somebody knows, someone knows something is another one. They're on their second season. It's a okay. real mystery where this guy in Canada is trying to help figure out the disappearance of whoever. Mm-hmm. And so it's him interviewing people and going... Well, that made me think of this, so let me do a little research. So it's, it, you're following, you're hearing him walk down the road, bump into somebody he didn't plan on talking to, and it's fun. I, I highly recommend that one. Hmm. Um, I think that's, I'm sure there's others. Have you listened to the Dana Gould Hour? I listened to a couple episodes of that. That was pretty funny. He's great, and it's so... I don't like the snarkiness when he talks about, say, other celebrities. Like, oh, can you believe? But overall, I adore listening to him. Just oh, yeah. shoot the bull with whoever. Yeah, the, the episode that had me in stitches, absolute stitches, was the uh, Dungeons & Dragons one. Oh, I don't think I heard that one. It was uh, Dungeons & Dragons and Dominatrixes, I think. Where he was talking, it was basically escapism. He, different versions of escapism was basically the meat and potatoes of it. Huh. And it was just, it was entertaining because he had, you know, him, he had a comedian on there, and then he had a dominatrix. And they were talking about, you know, people that use Dungeons and Dragons as a, as a form of escapism, and then you have the more adult oriented. Right, of, right, right, right. And it was just... Maybe was, I heard that one. Because they tend to go off on tangents. Oh, yeah. I mean, they went on tan- They went on multiple tangents, but it was, it, was inter- it was interesting and enlightening to get different perspectives on it. Right. Huh. Good to know. I mean, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll look for it anyway just to make sure I didn't miss it because, you know, you, you can go back and listen to... I try and keep up on them now. But I don't mind going back. I don't feel like they'll yeah. be dated. Because, again, it's just yeah. chit-chat with friends. Yeah, it's not like they're talking about current events or something. <laughs> right. Sometimes, but not always. Yeah. And the 10-minute podcast is with Will Sasso. Okay. You'll laugh out loud. It's only ten, they, they are only 10 minutes. But it's the three guys, and they just act like stupid, not even teenagers, like middle schoolers that go, oh, God, you're gonna go as, you know, as the theme song's playing. But you laugh because it's stupid funny. Yeah. And just to hear them get the giggles gives you the giggles. 
All right. Uh, I'm sure there's loads that we can talk about, and we will next time, everybody. Uh, we're going to get going, pumping these out. Uh, look for, besides the next episode of this, look for the MacGyver podcast, and look for MacGyver SG-1, the new audio drama that I'm making. Uh, I'm going to put out the teaser today that you heard on this episode. So go to the Facebook page, like it, tell your friends to subscribe, you subscribe, you can make a donation if you want. You'll hear all about that at the end of this episode. Am I missing anything? No, I think you nailed it. Boom. All right, everybody. Stay excited. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening. Music was provided by Harmony Constant. Subscribe to us on iTunes, YouTube, Facebook, and Stitcher.